Ryan Fleming can help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Hey, it's another edition of the Pilot's Advisor. Walter Storrell here alongside Ryan Fleming, financial advisor at Retire Pilot, serving you worldwide, based out of St. Louis currently, even where he's joining us from today, not gallivanting across the world or having to connect different tubes together and antennas outside of a hotel window to try and get signal and do the show from Hong Kong or Japan or something like that. So uh, it's good to have you at least in a little bit more stable spot today, Ryan. I know you enjoy that every once in a while when you get to home base and get to relax for a little bit. Well, absolutely. I mean, my home office is quite a bit more comfortable than trying to set up. And I think we were trying to to meet up when I was in China last time to record the show. And, That's right. And I actually screwed up because my math on all the time zone changes was a little off. And so I hope, I think I woke up, what, uh, uh, 30 minutes after the time I was supposed to be recording with you. So I apologize for that. Hey, it's all good. Those things happen when you're traveling all over the place. And, uh, you know, it's funny because we just had daylight savings time. Uh, the the day before our recording today, and that didn't throw you off, so you're good to go. You, your no, clocks must have automatically adjusted to, nicely. I was starting to wonder where you were. I said, "Hey, are we recording?" Today? Yeah, I was the one running behind this time. So yeah, so well, you know, and I I promise it wasn't it. payback for last time. It was just <laughs> circumstantial. <laughs> well, I very much apologize for the the China incident. What we'll call you got Shanghai. I like but, it. Uh, the China incident. I love it. Yeah, but uh, but, so I, but that is. That is the first mistake I've ever made, so I do ever. apologize for that, but first mistake ever. So. And But here's the good news. It'll also be the last. First mistake and last. So there you go. Yeah, well, you had your one mistake most, in most life. Likely. You're not allowed anymore. Most likely. Actually, actually, most of my relationships, uh, I try to set the bar very low. You know, expectations <laughs> are very low. <laughs> I like that, in, in, including uh, in marriage, right? Set the bar real low so that you can always be a, you know, considered a good husband. You're always exceeding those expectations. That's that's the secret to life. I love it. Well, what do they say? Under promise, over deliver, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Never a bad way to go about it. Well, uh, Ryan, I know you've had, you know, some, some knee things throughout life and uh, not even too long ago, uh, some, you know, operations on the knees and all that kind of stuff. So have you ever been a, a runner? I'm sure in the military they made you run, but have you ever been a runner or tried a marathon or even a half or anything like that? Or, or do you run now? Um, I don't run anymore. I'm stuck to a treadmill now just because yeah. I do have the full, full knee replacement on both knees um, from sports, football, what have you. But I used to love running. I mean, I, I miss the runner's high. Um, however, I was never a marathoner. Like, you know, taking 230, 240 pounds around for 20 some mi- 26 miles doesn't sound like a – that sounds yeah. – as, actually, as a matter of fact, I have a good story about that. Okay. So we had a tight end, uh, Chris Jessup, by the way, if he's out there listening. He's a Southwest captain now, and some of the guys that will be listening to this podcast will know him, and this will be kind of a funny story. So anyway, Chris was our tight end, and I want to say he played at like 270. I mean, he's a big boy. And uh, a couple years ago, he was flying out of San Francisco, and he decided it would be a great idea for him to do a, do a marathon. And Chris, at the size he did, ran and finished a marathon and couldn't walk for weeks afterwards. <laughs> and and he was like, man, that was the, the hardest thing I ever did. And I said, no, that is the stupidest thing you've ever done. <laughs> but anyway, he, he uh, you know, he's lost a lot of weight since we stopped playing ball and, and is in good shape or was, I think he's, he's, he has a uh, twin girls now, but anyway, uh, he's done a couple, I, they do that swim out to Alcatraz in San Francisco. 
and I forget what it's called, but he's done. I mean, that you a talk about times. crazy. You know? Yeah, I mean, sharks are in those waters, and you know, people die. I think every year, but he's done that a couple of years and done a couple Ironmans, and and of course that was before he uh, ended up just having twin girls in his forties. So he's pretty tied up now. Wow, that's amazing. I uh, the longest I've made it last actually last Thanksgiving. I woke up with sort of, I was in the middle of like really rediscovering my running. I'd lost a bunch of weight already and um, I was starting to run a little bit longer distance. I was getting up into those five and six mile, you know, distances and I'd run a, I'd run a six miler the weekend before. And then on Thanksgiving day, I woke up, it was pretty chilly outside and I said, I'm just going to run as long as I can possibly run today. And I said, I'm not going to do a loop. I'm just going to run straight as long as I can. And then I'm just going to be forced to have to run double the distance all the way back. And so I did, I did 10 miles that thing, last Thanksgiving morning and uh, made the jump from running five and six miles, you know, the previous couple of runs to then a, a big 10 miler. My legs barely worked afterward and I was definitely sore for a while, but that's sort of, that's, that's my longest I've made it so far. I was then starting to train for that half marathon, but then got a, a knee injury about a month later, right before Christmas. And so it's, it, it put me on the back burner a little bit. So, um, but, but hopefully I can retry that goal a little bit more in the future, but. Yeah, well, us big us bigger guys got to be a little bit careful when those distances get up there, don't don't we? Well, and I don't want to get in too good of shape. I mean, it just wouldn't be fair to the rest of the guys. That's, That's right. All. That's right. I tell my wife that all the time, you know, because she's trying to get me to lose a little bit of weight, you know, because she's worried about my health. Sure, whatever. She wants me to lose weight, period. But anyway, uh, I always say to her, I go, but babe, that's just not, that's almost not fair. I mean, imagine if I lost 15 to 20 pounds. I mean, all these girls wouldn't be able to control themselves around me. <laughs> I'm sure she loves hearing that. Oh, she she rolls her eyes, obviously, but you know she's been dealing with this for 18 years now. So, oh man, that's uh, that's good stuff. Poor, poor well, thing. yeah, poor girl. It won't be fair for the rest of us, Ryan. So keep a few extra pounds on there, all right? <laughs> no you know, problem. Right? I'll I'll uh, have a beer tonight. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we're uh, we're my wife and I are looking at joining some running clubs, and I'm like, all the running clubs drink a beer, just go and drink beer after the the runs. Like, doesn't that defeat the purpose? If we're you know, if I'm trying to get in shape, I'm not trying to cancel out that hard work I just did, but. I, I I do see the attraction to then enjoying that afterward. Yeah, it's your reward. I mean, it's the reward. Five k yeah. or half marathon—that's your reward. That's part. Of I the guess that's the difference that. between maintenance mode and uh, actually trying to actively lose weight and whatnot. But yes. all good, all good. Well, hey, let's dive into our show today. I asked you about the marathon running. If anybody saw the headline of today's show, they can then probably guess why we started off the show talking about that, because we're going to talk a little bit about running the marathon in your financial life as well. So some comparisons between, you know, marathon, or we'll just call it long distance running and finishing that race. And what's it like in the retirement and the financial planning world, finishing that race as well successfully? We're going to talk about the similarities of getting to the finish line in each. So, Ryan, even though we're not going out there, you and I running the 26-miler, you know, full-length marathons, we know that for any, I mean, you can relate it back to football, uh, you can really relate it to even, you know, flying, obviously, or just going out for a 5K, you know, a, a normal run, we'll call it. But it takes some planning and preparation. Even for a, a quick run, you don't just run out there as fast as you possibly can. Usually there's a little bit of limbering up, some stretching, maybe some hydrating, and especially if you're going to be doing a marathon, I mean, that takes a lot of preparation for a lot of people because, yeah, you got to get ready for kind of the grueling race ahead. Uh, where do you see some similarities between that type of preparation and then people that plan for retirement successfully? Well, that's actually a great 
this is a great show that you came up with. Walter doesn't really tell me what we're going to talk about. He just throws me into the fire. And uh, I actually like it that way. But yeah, even with the show, I probably could have done some preparation. However, I, I actually no. send Ryan the topics well in advance. He just looks at them about four seconds before the show starts, and that's what makes it feel last minute. Okay, Walter, you can cut that out of the show. You can cut that right out of the show. Nice try, though. I, I must have hit a little sore spot there, Walter. <laughs> I just, we're trying to give listeners the true, you know, peek into the behind the scenes. I figure we'd be honest for them there, Ryan. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. With, with retirement, it does take planning and preparation. And you can't just show up for retirement. And if you do, it's going to hurt that bad, like you just showing up for a marathon. And you're not probably not going to, survive your retirement it's going to hurt a lot more and it's no different like I've, I've tried to teach my daughter about this like if you put in the work when it's time for the lights to come on or when it's time for the big race it hurts that much less and you don't have that anxiety because you've already trained for it you've prepared for it you've mentally gone over it in your mind and retirement's a lot of the same way training for a marathon i mean i think they don't they say like it takes six months to a year to start truly training for a marathon and build sure. up to it. Yeah, I think the three-month training plans are considered like uh, you know a little bit faster pace. Like, hey, I'm I'm trying to get ready for one faster. So those are the condensed plans. Are kind of the three-month training. Okay. Well, well, with retirement, I mean, it's not just saving money and then showing up. I mean, you really do have to have a retirement plan in place to know what your retirement's going to look like. And I try to tell people that saving for retirement's the easy part. Once you transition into the distribution phase of retirement, it's almost like where you're actually running that race where you're constantly monitoring where your, your body's at and making adjustments, um, getting a new, how much, how much distance do we have left? How hydrated we are? I mean, all the little intricacies of running, or I'd like to think of it as, as like a, a football game. Last night, the uh, Chiefs and the Titans were playing. And all the adjustments they had to, to make at halftime, your retirement's a lot like that, where there's a lot of cat and mouse going on. You have to constantly re, re, readjust things based off of what market conditions are doing. Like right now, um, we're in a bear market. Well, you would have to reevaluate what your, your portfolio is looking like and what your retirement numbers are looking like. Granted, we plan for all that, but you have to adjust accordingly with the re current conditions. Inflation. You know, we plan for 3% historical inflation. And most, most people are still saying that that is still going to be the long-term number, but inflation is at 9% right now. So imagine if you had planned your strict budget for 3% and everything costs more. You're blowing your budget out. Yeah. We have to reanalyze that. So. Long-term, schmong-term or something like that. Yeah. 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 When, when, when the pain is today, who cares about the long-term? So it's like uh, you can't just show up for the marathon with no water no food, no, no fuel at all, and, and hope for the best. That's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Long-term's great until the short-term problem becomes really extreme. Like, uh, hey, you know, Ryan, we've had enough fuel in your plane for a 1,000 flights at this point. You're going to fall a little short today. Um, you know, today's <laughs> going to be a bit extreme. You're going to fall short of fuel. But, you know, over the long term, we've done pretty well on getting enough fuel in the, in the tank for you. <laughs> You're like, well, I don't care because over the short term, you failed miserably, and it's, that's going to really cause some, uh, cause some issues for me. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that's, that's not going to work. And I, I like to think of it this way because I think a lot of people realize they're not prepared for retirement so they just ignore it or kick the can down the street and that's the worst thing you can do uh, procrastination is the worst form of self-sabotage do you know who said that uh, i would like to know 
I'm not a huge fan of him, but Dave Ramsey actually says that. Oh, okay. I think, yeah. I think a lot of people decide, hey, well, I don't like the way the, the outlook looks right now, or I, I haven't really started saving yet, or I haven't saved enough, so I'm just going to ignore it, and hopefully it'll fix itself. Well, I hate to say it, but that, that doesn't happen. It's no different than dieting. You can't just say, eh, I'll start my diet two weeks from now, and you keep kicking the can down the street. Well, guess what? It's never going to happen. We're taking a vacation in January, and I keep moving the goalposts back of when I'm going to start this diet, so I'm starting to run out of time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that proper diet becomes huge. Uh, back when I was trying to do some half marathon training, and I'll get into this uh, probably again in the future, it was trying to figure all that stuff out, right? Like, do I take these little gel packs? You know, what what kind of diet do I need? You know, months in advance for the race versus a couple of days before the race. Like, what's the right level of hydration leading into it? And then day of, and even during the race for those longer distances, you not only continue your hydration, but uh, also try to you know even eat stuff while you're while you're running the race um so you know i moved to colorado obviously uh recently ryan like we've talked on the show and they run a race out here called the leadville 100 it's this famous race 100 miles through the mountains and you know they have aid stations every i think it's every half marathon so like every 13 miles there's an aid station and guys are running this race they sit down they're getting massaged they're eating burritos like they're you know getting refueled completely because you got to make it through such a grueling event and a grueling race so you got to have the proper diet, but it's got to kind of constantly change and adapt a little bit too. seems like there's a lot of parallels between that element of marathon and long distance running and financial planning as well. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think, you know, hydration is obviously something for any athletic event, but before a marathon, most people carb load to prepare in the days before the race, you know, because carbs are uh, burned more efficiently than your body burns fat. So having the right amount of carbs in your system helps with your performance while running. And I would look at that with retirement planning. You got to pay way more close attention to your portfolio as you start leading up to retirement because um, you can't afford to have those big losses or we, we call it sequence of returns risk. So if you hadn't planned for the market that we have right now and you start withdrawing income off your portfolio while the market's down, it's going to have a drastic effect on your overall portfolio. So having a plan entering retirement where you have that cash, that safe money on the side already, where we'd be pulling from that versus just pulling out of our portfolio. I mean, that would be the way I'd relate that to a marathon where you just didn't have the carbs ready to take, you know, for the race that you're having to race right now, uh, getting that current income. So once again, uh, preparation from a diet perspective, looking at retirement, it's all related. Hey, if you're ready to have clarity and thrive in your retirement, you're in the right place. And I've got another resource for you to check out. Go to retirepilots.com and look right there on the homepage. You'll be able to click get my free toolkit. What this is going to do is help you get for free Ryan's retirement toolkit. This is going to include his two books, The Pilot's Advisor and Pilot's Retire Early, revealing the nine critical decisions when retiring and the seven lessons to save your retirement. Not only does it include the books, but lots of other goodies packed into this free toolkit that'll be sent to you ASAP. It's a great starting place for any pilot to begin their retirement journey. Go to retirepilots.com. So I ran a 10K as part of this prep for the uh, half marathon last year, and I, this 10K killed me, Ryan. I actually did way better than I thought I was going to do and even won a couple of dollars, apparently, because I finished so well in my age group, which was very surprising. 
But this race, this t- this six mile race, ten k, started with a huge downhill run. Like you, you literally you ran out of the start line, turned right, and then this humongous downhill. So you have basically no choice but to go all out at the beginning. I mean, I'm just at full sprint down this uh, down this decline. And I had no idea what the course was like when I when I got into it. I signed up for the race like two days before it started, so I hadn't done any research or anything like that about you the did course. You a lot of preparation for this race. Uh, yeah, I was not well prepared for that particular race. I just wanted to see how I do. Just wanted something uh, something that wasn't just me running by myself. Uh, wanted to see what a race felt like. It's just a, a little something different, you know. And um, my whole game plan was to start slow, and then boom, it starts with a straight downhill run. It also meant it ended with that uphill run, but that's a, another part of the story for another day. But yeah, I, I started too fast, and that race probably ended up way more painful than it would have been if I'd started at a more appropriate pace. Ooh, this is a great parallel for Ooh, okay, all right. I like this Run, run with it. Yeah, okay. Well, and I, and I can relate to this too, because my daughter started doing cross-country this year. And I've always talked to her about running her own race and not trying to keep up with people out of the gate. And once they got to regionals qualifying for state, it was very similar, except it was you started the race and it was an uphill right then. You know, how are you going to handle that? So anyway, so relating that to retirement, let's see here. You start out a race and you're feeling good, you know, the adrenaline's pumping and you want to get on your pace, but that, that other girl in her case took off and, you know, you don't want to get left behind. So you don't do your, you know, the pace that you need to follow to win the race and, and run the race where you're not going to die or not make it or hit the wall or what, however you want to say it with the race with running and you hit the wall and you just don't finish or don't run the race that you want to run, run. I think all of us that's happened to us, whether it's in swimming, running marathons, you name it. So in retirement, that would be, I would guess, you know, you retire, you have your income plan, but then you decided to spend a lot more or too much in the early years. And if you don't have that income plan to tell, tell you exactly what you can spend, what that reasonable amount is, you could end up spending way too much in the beginning and cause yourself trouble later in life where you actually run, ran out of money or you run out of money. And of course, the big scary part there is most of the time when you run out of money, you're too old to work, so it's a big problem that can't just be fixed. And I think that's why having a retirement income plan and then also constantly analyzing it is so important. I mean, the distribution phase of retirement is so, so much more uh, complicated than just saving money for retirement. And so that would be a perfect example of you don't want to come out of the blocks in those go-go years and overspend. And I'm sure it happens all the time. I try not to allow it to happen with my clients, but I'm sure people, well, we know people run out of money in retirement all the time. Well, you talk about putting together a plan, doing a little tracking, putting things down on paper, what your goals and your plans and your ideas are. Just for for one final comparison here, Ryan, I'm doing that exact thing right now with the the running and the training, the reason I was able to recall some of those uh, stories, I, I pulled up my spreadsheet. I got a document of all the runs that I did last year and, and into this year and uh, what my pace was, how long I ran, where I ran, what day of the week it was, what my weight was when I ran, all that kind of stuff, how I was feeling. And so I'm able to go back, look, and see, okay, here's where I was. And now that I've had the, you know some injury setbacks and I'm trying to get back to where I was at, at the peak, I'm starting to track from there as well and say, all right, so I'm kind of back where I was last uh, September, you know, and say, okay, so I, I can remember how it felt then. And I know, because I've done it before, that I can get back to where I want to be. 
And so by tracking all that stuff, you know, it may be a little obsessive compulsive, but it's kind of fun to look back and see your success, your results, but also your, your wins and your losses. And, and just to have an understanding of what your capabilities are, you know, what worked well in the past. It's just a, a microcosm of what it's like to put in a proper financial plan, I would imagine, where you're tracking these kinds of things, taking action off of what you know, planning for what you don't know. All that kind of stuff is where you come alongside of people and help make that process easy. Well, and tracking and budgeting is so helpful with retirement planning. I mean, imagine overfunding a retirement, and then while you're in retirement, you can have a little bit more fun than you had planned on. That's much better than not tracking or doing anything, not budgeting now to make retirement that much easier. And I find that those people that are a little bit more anal about it, that do have a budget, that pay themselves first, that do track their spending, are way more prepared for retirement. It's it's unfortunate, but I get to see those that just ignore it, blow their budget out of the water, are constantly pulling from pots that they don't need to pull from. Or, or the one that kills me the most would be when people uh, take out a loan on their 401k or their mm-hmm. retirement planning. Uh, it, it, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, um, it just makes me sick to my stomach, but you see it all the time. Not a winning strategy for sure. Well, if you need help uh, with your financial plan, with preparing for retirement, and you've got questions about how you can properly plan, what's that diet look like in your own financial plan, that right mix in your portfolio, and and as you look at income and plan for retirement, what's the right mix of all these things? And uh, if you you had trouble with like behavioral things, like maybe going starting too fast, or, or, you know, hey, I I tend to dip into my savings because uh, I I panic, or I worry about this, and I have trouble controlling those emotions. Um, These kinds of things affect all of us. And uh, that's why Ryan's there to help stabilize, uh, be your coach. You know, hey, you really want to train for a marathon, you know, you join a group or you get with like-minded individuals who go for runs together, or you even go as far as hiring a coach who's going to teach you the best strategies for all those different things that we talked about on the episode today. Same thing in the financial world. And so if you need some of that coaching, some of that guidance, evaluation, and planning, uh, it all fun, falls under that umbrella. Uh, Ryan's working with pilots each and every day to help them get to and through retirement. And you can call or text him if you've got any questions at all, 843-475-3038. Don't hesitate to reach out. And we'll put that phone number in the description of today's show so you can find it easily. You can also go, of course, to retirepilots.com, interact with lots of great things that we have for you on the website, and get in touch through, uh, through that method with Ryan as well. Well, Ryan, thanks for the help on the show today. Enjoyed chatting with you. And uh, I don't know, what do you think? Uh, good luck on your treadmill run next time it comes up. I know you're, <laughs> you're not hitting the pavement anymore, but treadmill is still pretty good. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out because I've had it happen too many times recently where I have somebody reach out to me and they're 63 or 64 years old and they're retiring next month. If you're a pilot that's out there between 50 and 60, it's time to really start buckling down and building out this retirement picture now. Uh, reach out to me before you're 60 and we can figure out how to protect that pension. We can figure out how to protect your family. Um, and it's a lot easier to come up with a plan then versus at the last minute with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. And so it's been a little frustrating lately, but we got to figure it out. But reach out to me a little bit earlier. I can help you and it's going to make your retirement that much better. Talk to you guys all later. Fly safe. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. 